Welcome to Unfiltered Insights, where we find the meaning in the madness. Join us as we explore a range of topics that reveal our understanding of the world. It's a journey towards fostering empathy, compassion, and awareness through thought-provoking conversation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unfiltered Insights. We're your hosts, me, and this is... Gee. <laughs> and today I saw in the notes that we're going to be talking about aliens and conspiracies. See, I wanted to go on aliens. I know we talked about relationships last time, but it's yeah. it's the more that you look on the uh, on the internet or whatever it is needed, you get your information one it's like trust no one. So let's <laughs> let's try to see if we can trust the universe or whatever it is the stars offer us and one of the things that like really captivated me is like looking at all of this stuff about aliens so i really wanted to see a little bit of you know all the conspiracies and you know the beliefs that we have about uh, about aliens and, and and the many theories out there because we don't know if we're alone out there i certainly believe that we're no we're, we're not alone i mean it's a big universe we can't be the only thing Mm-hmm. And one of the things that got me was the origins of Area 51. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole thing about about back in 1953, there was a UFO crash around uh, the uh, Nevada desert. And from uh, from that wreckage, Area 51 was the one uh, that, you know, that emerged from it. You know, the government found those crashes and one alien that survived that the one that many people call J-Rod. And this alien was his work with us, according to, you know, the information is that, that information that we don't know where it comes from. I mean, there's <laughs> resources and stuff like that, but it's like, yeah. leave at your own risk. Um, is that he uh, worked uh, with the government to reverse engineer any alien technology, all mm. the alien technology that was found in that crash. And... It's one of the beliefs that uh, with this the whole reverse engineering information that we get a lot of these unexplained aerial phenomena or UAPs, which, by the way, nowadays the Pentagon is reviewing 650 cases of these UAP phenomena. And many of them have been, been debunked. 52 of these incidents were reported to be round and spherical However, none have been evidence to be of extraterrestrial origin. Me, do you have, I mean, like, you are very knowledgeable in all these theories. <laughs> do you have any idea about all these uh, UAPs? I have so many thoughts. It, <laughs> and something, something that's interesting is that the UAP, it was supposed to be unidentified unidentified aerial phenomenon but then it was recently changed to anomalous because really? yes See, be, because they're not just finding them in the air there's they're seeing things come out of the water okay and underwater there's weird things happening in the oceans as well see now the other term that i've heard unexplained it's also mm. another term that i that i've heard so I mean, coming out of the water kind of makes sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's I don't know. Somebody I was watching, of course, I was watching a documentary of the weekend about aliens. (laughs) (laughs) It's my it's like my new serial killer. (laughs) So I used to be obsessed with like watching documentaries about serial killers. And now it's like all about aliens because I think I've learned about all I can really care to learn about serial killers. So. (laughs) 
anyway, um, one of the things that they were talking about with the UFOs, they said UFO was just like not a good term to begin with, you know, as far as like, because people are like, are there anything, any such thing as UFOs? Well, yeah. If you have anything that's unidentified and it's flying through the air, then it's unidentified flying object. It's never been that big of a controversy. So anyone who says they, they don't believe in them, that doesn't even make sense because clearly there are things that haven't been identified. I think it's interesting that they decided to change the name, not once, but twice in recent times. And, you know, did you ever see the movie Contact? Yeah. I loved that movie. I watched it with a couple of friends of mine way back when. I think it was still on VHS at the time. And they, they were so confused at the end. They go, I don't get it. And I'm like, how do you not get it? They did not understand like the recording and the amount of time that elapsed and all of this stuff. Anyway, it's the saying in that somebody should have brought a poet. So you know, <laughs> I mean, but like it was, I, I found it really interesting. And and one of the the lines that she says is, "It's it's a whole lot of space, right? If no one else is out there, that's a whole lot of wasted space." And I'm a believer of that. And I think that it's just, I think it's crazy to, to think that we're the only intelligent life in this entire universe that is so massive and so many galaxies have been discovered. And there's more things that we're learning about our own galaxy that we didn't know before. And the physics that we thought, you know, from Earth would apply out in space, they don't, you know. So I, I believe that it's incredibly possible. I would be shocked, shocked. If there aren't aliens, I would be just absolutely flabbergasted by that. <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, like, I don't think we're the only ones in this, yeah. in this vast, vast universe. I mean, look at the, uh, the uh, reports back in 2017 about the Oumuamua. Mm -hmm. now, this asteroid of cigar shaped. Which has does been... not fit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is cruising our solar system right now and it has been evidence that are many like smaller units coming out of it you mm -hmm. can call it a mothership if you want i believe so because uh, the speed the the shape of it is it, really not natural right because most things are spherical yeah and well, this like, thing is long according, but according to the government like it there, there's no evidence that this is extraterrestrial. So, yeah. but thanks to COVID, now the government has to report all these. So, thank you. I think something positive came out of the, uh, you know, getting more information about these phenomena. Well, so to put a little poo on the situation. Oh boy. <laughs> well, so one of the one of the uh, well, more than one of the documentaries that I watched about this stuff, they talk about the the use of private businesses to do a lot of this work because those people, those companies are not required to divulge information under the FOIA, the freedom of information act. So when you've got like skunk works and some of these other places that are doing some of this stuff, yeah. they're private, they're privately owned companies. So they aren't held to the same standards that the government would be. So if they ship the work out to the private companies, then they don't have to disclose. You can't just fill out a FOIA, you know, form and get the information. So anything that's being distributed outward to those other companies, they don't have to tell us. Oh my God. Yeah. 
so how much like so it pretty much is a big unknown of how much information they have on all this yeah all these theories and conspiracies if they can pre- be proven or not yeah well it, it, there's always been secrecy there's always <laughs> been you know things that that have been held and kept quiet and close to the vest and they're trying to say that oh well this was just a, a balloon or this was um, some sort of top secret thing that, that we were working on and it was, you know, national security issue and all of this. And so there's always a reason why they say they keep things, but they never seem to really give us like a full explanation. I mean, like, look at how do you get how do you get to Area 51, for example, going back to that. You as an employee, because that area is restricted, airspace is respect, restricted, everything mm-hmm. about that has a million rules. You have to go to the specific airport in in Las Vegas where you as an employee will go with their specific identified vehicle to Area 51. Mm-hmm. Everything is secret to the point that there was a man who tried to like, he just forced himself into the airport, try to take a shuttle and, and go to Area 51. He just said he just wanted to go there. And what did yeah. they find in his car? Hey, they found a bomb. So well, <laughs> they was... caught the guy. They <laughs> caught the guy, but I guess like curiosity got the best of them. Well, there there was like a whole group of people. They like somehow got together through social media. And I don't know how many people there were total, but they all decided to go to Area 51 to like storm the gates or something crazy. <laughs> did you hear about this? <laughs> I remember the Naruto <laughs> run with the, like, oh the guy cruising the camera. Oh my god. And they got there and it's it's desert. They like Google Maps, it's free, right? Google Earth, also free. Maybe utilize some of these tools to like try to like pinpoint a little bit because yeah. they like they start going out there and they're looking everywhere. They're like, I can't see anything. Well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I think it was like Google Earth made Area 51 available for images uh, back in 2018. So mm. now you can see it, but it's like. But I mean, they, to, they were on site. They can't see anything because yeah, it's, no, you, you it's see, how many hundreds of miles <laughs> into the desert. You see normal buildings, and I'm like, where is the like the, the, the spacecraft airport? I want to see where they land, where they take the cows, where they take the jackrabbits. I don't know where. Like, I, I want to see a pod. I want to see the giant. What is it? Like the turn up shape spaceship that et had in the movie yeah well and this is the thing though they're not going to have that stuff out on display you know if if they have it they're not going to just have it sitting out Mm -hmm. it's going to be probably underground it's going to be in the side of a mountain it's going to be under the water it's going to be somewhere in a hidden space so it's not so easy to see so I don't know what they thought they were going to do. I mean, when you go to a place where it's like you, the sign even literally says you can be shot on site. Yeah. Uh, storm in the castle, so to speak, isn't really like the best option. I mean, unless of course <laughs> you, you're prepared to die. Yeah. You know? You know, like I guess. I want to see aliens. I'm curious. However, I'm not so curious that I'm willing to just like, foolishly just run up to the gates and be like let me in you know i have my rights i'm an american you know like no no i'm american i have my rights and i want to see aliens yeah and they'll be like theory says that there are soldiers out there that are testing ufo crafts Mm -hmm. out there spraying i don't know whatever and testing all these cloaking devices and what and and whatnot like i want to see that 
I want to see that. Why can't we just have regular cars as spaceships and just fly like the Jetsons? I want to have traffic like that. Okay, people don't know how to drive cars. <laughs> <laughs> just like regular cars. There's lines on the road. If you were to open up the skies to just have people without any kind of roads or ways to, you know, negotiate, you know, turns like stop and go and like a people would be dropping dead all over the no, place. I got into like a whole argument with this guy when I was in school about flying cars. Cause I was like, people aren't ready for flying cars. And we had like a full on argument about it. <laughs> and I want my hoverboard just like back in the future. They promise back in 2015, I believe mm -hmm. we would get hoverboards. I want my hoverboard. Yeah. Well, there are so many things like, let's just say this tech is real. Okay, yeah. that we are retro, whatever, like, I can't even think of the retro engineering, I guess, reverse engineering, the reverse this, engineering yeah. this alien technology. And there's been a lot of discussion around what it would do to the world. If this were to come out, mm -hmm. if aliens turn out to be real, if we actually have this technology, because it would render fossil fuels, just obsolete. useless, obsolete, they'd be gone. And what happens to all those rich people? What happens to all those vehicles? What happens, you know, like the consequences of that? And yeah. what happens to the psyche of people? Because a lot of people, they get pretty bent out of shape over some really small stuff. Yeah. What would they do if they, they had this idea in their mind about this potential imminent threat from this these outside beings? Yeah, not needing fossil fuels will probably lead to war. Could. I mean, what does that do to the economy? Yeah. What happens then? You know, because there's trade going on. You know, as much as I would love to have disclosure, I think it would have to be a gradual process. I would like yeah. for it to pick up the pace a little bit. If that's what's up, like, let's do this. But, I mean, man. I mean, the same thing could be said about meta medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it, there, there are things that, that are being kept and tested and other things that are going on that we know nothing about. And there's potential cures for things going on that are just being kind of held back. And I mean, that's my understanding anyway. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating because it, it all goes back to money. It seems. Yeah. It, I mean, it really does. I mean, you look at, evil. you know, well, and it's, it's about, it seems like there's so many people that like they get to a certain point with their wealth where they can't, they just can't get enough. They can't have enough. They're always mm. in like, almost like a scarcity mindset. Like they could have billions of dollars and they still need to make more. Yeah. They could live for the rest of their days. They could spend $5,000 a day for the next thousand years and still have money left, you know, but it's never enough. And it will never be enough. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then there's something that gets distorted in the, in the mind, I think. You know, things get twisted around. I mean, there's a reason they became that rich. It's, it's that kind of mentality and systematic yeah. way of doing everything. Well, somebody had said you can't be a billionaire without abusing other people and taking advantage of them. That's there's no way to become a billionaire without doing something like that. So that's incredibly concerning. Yeah. <laughs> right? You got a bunch of sociopaths running around, you know, making all this money and having all this power and influence and being able to buy politicians and influence uh, legislature, all of it. Like there's everything's influenced by by money. Yeah.
I mean, part so, of the theories about all of this is like, yeah, you're right. Many of the, a lot of the technology can be exposed at the moment because it may be even create a shock and panic into the into the population. And yeah. how are you going to be able to handle that? Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with like, let's go with another big theory. It's like the whole Galactic Federation does not want to handle Earth mm-hmm. because it's an underdeveloped planet. So, yeah, they need to be kept until they reach a certain point. Yeah. But what point is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I would imagine for anybody that's so advanced that they can come visit us, like we are a bunch of bungling idiots yeah. comparatively. We're right? a backwater planet. Oh, my God. We're just like the worst. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> keep your doors locked and don't, don't roll down your window. These people are crazy. So I don't know. I, I think about that and it's just – I don't know. How do you prepare a planet for such a thing? How do you prepare no. people? It, like, I, we're spending be- no money on, on improving mental health or anything else. So, like, how do you prepare people for this if you're not going to, like, make sure they're okay mentally? It, I think it's more of like a slow process. But even then, there's going to be a, a lot of people reluctant to, you know, go with these new ideas. And it's well, very difficult, especially when it's completely outside of our planet. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the speech? This was from a long time ago now, but it was Ronald Reagan. And he was talking about how if there were an alien threat, how it could bring us all together as a people. Don't tell me it's because it creates a common enemy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that was back in the 80s that that was said. It, you gotta, you're gonna have to look at it. You don't have to look at it right the second, but I try to find the speech where he's talking about that and that snippet because it sounds almost like he's saying, like, how do we know there isn't an alien threat already among us and all this stuff? And then talks about how we might be able to come together as people if we had a, this common threat. All right. No way. So, the underdeveloped people with technology to fight. Uh, uh, a race that actually masters space flight. Yeah, that's going to go well. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Well, hey, there's so many people, this is something that gets on my nerves because I yeah. think about contact, right? Like if we were to actually have contact, some people are saying they already have, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. We'll put a pin in it, right? <laughs> so it, some people are like, I, they seem to have this fantasy in their mind that it's going to be like Independence Day with Will Smith or something. or. Yeah. Like somehow we are really going to be able to be a match for these aliens coming from this other world galaxy, potentially somewhere on the far flung side of the universe that are potentially thousands, millions, billions years older. (laughs) Come on. I mean, they can come from more planets, more stuff for them to do. It's going to be Mars attack. So, (laughs) so, so, okay. So Stephen Greer, have you heard of Dr. Stephen Greer? He's kind of like this buff, nerdy dude. I think His so. Glasses, reddish hair. Okay. So he has, there's another guy, Lou Elizondo. <laughs> if you haven't heard of him. So there's like these two camps right now, two major camps that seem to be in existence. The Lou Elizondo camp seems to be the people of like, danger, this is going to suck. We're all going to die. Rah, right? Then you've got the Stephen Greer group that's like, hey, if they wanted to kill us, we'd be dead already. Oh, and yeah. Point, set, match, like, poof. Like, we're gone. Like, we probably would. 
it, it, so there's like these two different narratives going on. One is all about terror, shock, awe, yeah. right? The other one is about let's communicate with them. Let's be peaceful. Let's not panic. Like, I like that idea. I yeah. like that. I like that approach. It makes way more sense than being super fearful of something that we That's haven't seen. Uh, yeah. And if they attack, they attack. We'll figure it out. But like, how do you how do you prepare? Really? You don't. <laughs> you, you know, don't. it's like these it's like people when they're preppers for like the so-called end of the world or nuclear holocaust, like 99 percent of the planet, if not more, is going to be annihilated if this goes down. So, like, do you want to be alive for that? I mean, a nuclear winter, uh, yeah. radiation poisoning, your skin falling off. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I We're think we're already okay. annihilating ourselves. So, <laughs> I, know, I know. So, like, when I think about like preparing for an alien attack, I'm kind of like, meh. You know, like if it's going to be that bad, just take me out. <laughs> just like pop, <laughs> just or whatever they do. Like pew, whatever it is, just rise me. Exactly. Just just knock me flat out. And if there is a hereafter, like, let me go be wherever that is, because like, <laughs> F this stuff, because like this, this is already bad enough. If it's going to be like an alien attack and all this, just piece me out, just like I'm gone. But uh, so anyway, when I think about the, the Stephen Greer stuff, I find it really interesting because it doesn't come from that scary doom and gloom place. It's not all like fire and brimstone kind of stuff, you know, and I feel a lot more comfortable with that. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I'm more of the, yeah, let's try to communicate with them Mm -hmm. uh, or whatever alliance we can do. I think maybe Mm -hmm. a peace treaty because yeah, we're talking about a race that has mastered space flight. They're, they, yeah. If they want us gone, they will want us gone. I'm more into yeah. like, yeah, let's try diplomacy mm-hmm. first and foremost. Not because it of doesn't our, sound very American, but I, we could try. <laughs> <laughs> and not because of a, a point of like, yeah, they're stronger than us, so we can attack them. As like, no, 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 like, like, let's talk things out. Mm-hmm. Like, let's try to be constructive instead of literally destructive. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a nice uh, novel approach, but it seems to not be the human way a lot of times, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But this brings me to something that I saw online and I've been kind of an avid watcher of this guy. His name is Daryl Anka or Anka. And he apparently, supposedly, allegedly does this um, channeling of some sort of interdimensional being, ET, if you will, uh, named Bashar. Have you heard of this? Mm. Wait, like we're talking about a guy that can actually, you know, speak for an alien, like a puppet. He commute the the alien. It's like a medium. Okay. Okay. So like... At like a seance where like the medium person is like talking like the ghost or whatever. It's like that, but it's an alien. Okay. Okay. And, and okay. Yeah. Are people really skeptical about this? 
Oh, I'm sure. But like, <laughs> I don't see any of that because I'm on the fan page. <laughs> I'm looking at all these people. This guy, he has like, it looks like he just goes to all these different places and all these people come to this event and like ask him questions and ask for information and messages and do all of this stuff. And some ET of it on is, tour. Huh? ET on tour. Yeah, basically, <laughs> ET is like home and phone and earth instead of phone and home. Like it's just kind of this reverse. But I find it really interesting. And part of my thing is like, regardless if it's real or not, there's still some like golden nuggets in there to me. But what does he usually talk about? So he talks about like just relationships amongst other humans and the way you, your view of the world and just thinking about things differently. It's kind of Buddhist in nature, which I'm kind of digging the whole Buddhism thing, but that's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> but it's so, it's so much about thinking differently and not horribleizing everything and living to your highest self. So like one of the most recent ones that I saw this woman, she steps up to the microphone and she's like, I was wondering if you have a message for me. And he's like, okay, are you sure? She's like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And then he's like, okay, <laughs> here's the question. And he told her to answer yes or no, just as fast as, as fast as she could without really thinking about it. Just like that gut reaction. And he's like, are you acting to the best of your ability on your highest excitement every single moment of your life? And she was like, I'm trying. He's like, that's a no. <laughs> this guy, the way he does it, he's, he's, if he's, if he's holding a character, if this isn't real, he deserves an Oscar because he's not breaking character. <laughs> and he's just very like blunt and straightforward about it. And he's just like, that's a no, you're wrong. And he just shuts people down. Like if they start getting like a wackadoo on him, he's just like, no, not having it. Nope. And he doesn't say it exactly like that. It's, it's said much more eloquently usually than what, what I'm <laughs> describing it. But, um, but he was asking, you know, so what's holding you back? You know, what's holding you back from living at your highest excitement every moment of your life? And, and I think sometimes people hear this and they're like, well, that sounds like an awful big thing to live up to. But mm -hmm. I don't think it, I don't think it means that. Is this, are you picking up what I'm putting down to see, if, does this even make sense what I'm saying or do I just I'm sound just, crazy? Cause I'm, I'm sure I probably sound a little crazy. I'm just taken aback about ET being Dr. Phil for a lot of people that come to visit him on his tour. Yeah. But it does make sense. Like, it, like you kind of put yourself in the mentality of why am I not happy? Mm -hmm. Why am I not doing the things that I would like to do? What kind of excuses am I giving myself in order to not do what, exactly. what I should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's holding you back? What, and this is what he like goes into in this like little, like it was like a TikTok video or whatever, where he's talking to this person, like trying to get them to define, you know, like, what is it that's holding me back? And at one point she says something about being afraid of happiness. And he's like, well, yeah. what is your definition of happiness that you're afraid of having it? What does that mean to you? And I was just talking to somebody earlier today about their fear of accomplishing and taking healthy risks and doing things 
even though they don't know what the outcome could be, even if they could be, I guess you could call it rejected yeah. because somebody doesn't, doesn't want whatever it is they're selling, so to speak. I mean, for and, everybody, it's, it's, they got their different reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Some people can make their decisions because of financial reasons, personal reasons. Um, a, a lot of people don't it because of, you know, they would get rejected by somebody. Yeah. Either yeah. their spouse, family member, or whatever. They tell them, no, nope, no, that's not how the way things go and you shouldn't do it. And because they fear that rejection, they then they don't do it. Which, again, it lands on, it's basically a based on fear. Yeah. And so then my thing is, you know, are you really going to be laying on your death, deathbed going, man, I'm glad I didn't take any chances. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad I didn't shoot my shot. I'm so glad I didn't go for that promotion. I'm yeah, so glad. Like, I did it safe. It's comfortable. I like mm-hmm. it here. It's nice and comfy. We have cookie. So we I'm miserable, here. but right. <laughs> because misery, misery is comfortable. If yeah. that's what you're used to, it's familiar, right? It's uncomfortable comfort. It's the, it's the thing that you get stuck in because I know what to expect. If I stay exactly where I am or as close to exactly it, where I am for the rest of my life, then I know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But if I step outside of this, what if it's worse? Right. That's usually the question. Well, what if it's worse? What if it doesn't get better? Well, what if it does? What if it does? What if this, this detour you take, maybe it doesn't land you in the pot of gold that you wanted, but it's a nice little detour that starts to change the path that leads you to someplace completely different. That could be way better. That is the, the, the best thing for you. Placing yourself in uncomfortable positions is a way that you can actually start growing. Exactly. You don't have to scale the entire mountain in one day. Rome wasn't built in a day. But Mm -hmm. maybe that little moment can spark something and that can spark something else and then something else and something else. And, you know, when when you least realize you go like, oh, look at that. I made this much progress and I feel like a different person. Yeah. I, I think people get stuck though. I know I've been stuck before where it's like, mm-hmm. I was terrified to leave because it was good pay or because they yeah. were familiar or because I invested so much time, right. Or some combination of things. But ultimately once I finally got myself out of that into something healthier or just out of the unhealthy, I felt so much better. It took some time to adjust to like recalibrate, but I felt better. And then it was kind of like, why didn't I do this sooner? And then I feel dumb. And then I go down the rabbit hole of feeling bad about myself for not having done this sooner. And then I feel worse again. It seems like just this weird messed up cycle. It's it, Yeah, but that cycle is comfortable. It's a cycle that I know and I fear the unknown. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what's also funny, what I find interesting, and this again, I'm referring back to the conversation that I had earlier today, yeah. was about how... The person was talking about like, why can't I catch a break? And why can't I have people that support me? And why can't da, 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 right? Then as we were conversing a little bit longer, they were talking about how they're being encouraged by these people at their job to do these different things. And they're told about how they see something so much more in them. And basically all the praise and everything that they were asking for, that they've mm-hmm. been praying for or whatever, like you're getting it. And you immediately push that to the side and you go, Mm, stop. Or that was really nice of you. Thanks for saying that. You're just blowing sunshine up my skirt. You know what I mean? Like they, they just are so dismissive of it. It's like you just, you asked for it. 
<laughs> you just asked for it. Like, sometimes when you ask for something, many times it doesn't show up the way that you want it to. That's what they said. <laughs> That's what they said when we started talking about it. Because I was like, I was like, okay, so wait, you want all of this stuff. You ask the universe, God, whatever it is that you believe, you ask for it. You start to receive it. You immediately dismiss it as a bunch of horseshit or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then you turn around and go, where's all the love? Where's the support? Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you're going to have to like kind of reframe this a little bit, like turn it around and be able to just like accept the goodness that's coming your way and not just assume people are being nice to you. You know, maybe they actually mean this stuff. I mean, we're spoiled. All we want is like an Uber ease. Just bring me what I want. I want yeah. it now and I want it that way. Yeah. So, and sometimes like, gratification. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a big problem these days mm-hmm. with the instant gratification thing. And, and honestly, there's many times where the wish maker is you and you got to grant your own wishes. Yeah. Well, it, it, how is anything ever going to change in your life if you don't make any changes? Yeah. No one's going to just show up at your door and be like, I have the job for you. You know, if they do, don't just close the door, close the door. That's scary. But like, <laughs> be it's just like for three months or more, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. That's part of the growing pains. That's part of the process. It's being uncomfortable and getting comfortable with this idea of discomfort, whether it's yours or other people's or both, you know, because otherwise we're just trying to like coddle ourselves or other people all the time. And no one's really growing in that environment. We're stifling mm-hmm. everything. And so it's like, if, if I want to become a good public speaker, then I should probably try public speaking. I should practice, right? I should learn techniques. I should do some things with that to make that happen. But a lot of times it's like, you know, I have this vision in my mind about what I want to do and I want to make this money. I want to do all these things, but I'm not willing to take any risks to get there. I want to be in love. I want to have the relationship. I want to do all the things, but then I'm not taking risks, right? I'm staying in the, the discomfort but familiar misery and picking the same kind of people over and over and over again. Not to mention sometimes even as hard as you work, it may not be the moment for you. Sometimes we, sometimes we get that moment when we are ready for that moment. You may think you are, but sometimes it takes like, again, with the whole getting the uh, wish granted in a way that we don't even see it, Mm -hmm. be grateful that you're going to get this gift, uh, you know, use it to the best of your abilities and take this opportunity with like as strong as you can be and grow into that wish that you want. Yeah. Well, and I really believe that everything is as it should be, so to speak. Yeah. So this is, I can't remember where this came from. It might have something to do with REBT. That's a rational so motor behavior. Lesson. ET really seems to be sparking in. Uh, no, REBT. REBT is rational emotive behavior <laughs> therapy. Um, but the saying goes, it, it talks about perfection yeah. and how a lot of people have an idea of what perfect is. But the definition that I was given was everything's perfect all the time because all the criteria has been met for it to be exactly as it is. So what? Yeah. how is that not perfection? It may not suit your liking. It may not meet your preferences, but it doesn't mean that it's not perfect. Perfect to you, the way you define it, is actually just a set of preferences. 
your preferences are different than everyone else's. So instead of trying to chase this ideal of perfection, just admit you have preferences, you know, and just pursue the preferences and do the things required to make those things come true. And you're not going to do everything all the time. And that kind of therapy also like tries to challenge you into not thinking everything is negative to Mm -hmm. try to think it in a more positive way and try to, you know, rearrange it to rearrange your mentality. Yeah. Well, it's about trying to think more rationally. Yeah. And so it's not to like wipe out emotion. It's to reduce the severity. So you're not at extremes. So instead of having rage or depression or anxiety, we want to shift it down to frustration, disappointment, concern. Right. Cause that's, that's different. Maybe a little more analytical mind in order to actually know what you're working with and know, like try to reach a point where you can handle it. Yeah. Well, cause if you think about it, anytime you've been activated or triggered or whatever you want to, whatever <laughs> label you want to put on it, anytime you've been high on emotion, how many times have you made some really bad decisions? Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> you know, but if you take some time to like calm down, you're like, Woosah, right? You do yeah. your like, Woosah. you do your little calm down, and then you think back on it, and then you're like, Oh, this would have been so much better than that. Yeah, but when you react rather than thoughtfully respond, it's a very different, a very different setup, and that's basically what it, the REBT stuff tries to help you do. It tries yeah. to get you to be, you know more civil, I guess. And it's sad the way that you like those kinds of reactions, you do them with your closest uh, people in your life, your spouse, mm-hmm. your family members, your best friend. And then later that analytical mind kicks in and you go like, ah, oh, crap, what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because you have it in your head of what should and shouldn't be happening and you should be able to talk to them because you can be more comfortable with them. And we kind of get rid of that idea of thoughtfully responding, like listening to understand and then giving a thoughtful response. Yeah. You know, and again, if we go back to the alien thing, I could, the the reaction, right? People are going to have a reaction rather than a thoughtful response. People will go into panic mode a lot of times rather than thinking, what's the best way to go about this as a unit, as a group, as a humanity, right? Or maybe that an actual person is challenging and uh, channeling an alien right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I think so many times we're so quick to worry about me, 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 number one, you know, I've got to worry about me and mine. Yeah. But then there's also the flip side of that where it's also, we exclude ourselves. We do things to our own detriment on a regular basis because it's like, well, it's just me. I can take it. I can handle it. I'll work around it sacrifice 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 mm. until we're ready to blow up it's funny how like we actually uh, damage ourselves because it's comforting because we mm. know it because i i think like failure it's it's more uh like predictable mm-hmm. like if we find if we, if we if i know that i'm gonna fail and i fail then I, yeah there you go i prove myself i don't have to uh, struggle to actually get anywhere mm-hmm. i knew it was gonna fail and maybe i just I damage myself in the process to prove myself. Yeah. And not even thinking about the fact that maybe I made failure far more likely because I had failure mindset. Yeah. You know, because the times that you actually believe in yourself or just kind of relax and say, and this is another thing that Bashar talks about is like relieving yourself of expectations. 
you detach yourself from the outcome, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I think that goes back to the idea of choosing the thing that is like the most exciting, highest vibrational type thing. So it's not to say that you have to go out like balls out, just do everything super cool, (laughs) crazy, you know, like spend all your money, like live your highest life. It doesn't, I don't think it's that over the top. (laughs) I think it comes down to, you know, in this moment, what had I better do? You know, that's going to be the best thing for my life. What am I choosing to do with my time? Who am I giving my energy to? Whose energy am I receiving? How am I processing it? Am I taking good care of myself? Mm -hmm. Am I making those good choices? And it's not to say it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows, but like, what am I doing, actively doing to kind of instruct my life? Life goes by really, really quick. Why don't we make ourselves happy in the process? So right, make the decision to actually be happy. And I know there's like there's a lot of nuances with it, a lot of processes, yeah. and a lot of like specifics, like family, friends, and everybody that will probably deter you from actually doing it. Yeah. But are they? Are they really? Or yeah. is really the one to blame is you? Yeah. Well, and even if they are. You know, you internalizing that and taking it in and allowing it to fester. Yeah. That's that's your responsibility. And it, it and this is the thing though. There I guess there's a caveat to this. So if you don't know better, you won't do better. So I think that's why it's important to just be a lifelong learner, to keep exploring yourself, to, to read books and to learn more and try new things and be adventurous. Because by doing that, you open up the possibilities for what you're capable of. And so once you know better, you can do better. Because there are a lot of things I didn't know, you know, five years ago, or, you know, even five days ago, that I'm using now that's helping me move forward with my life. And it's and everything is gonna be a process. It's like it's yeah. it, like happiness. It's it's gonna be something that you build your entire life. And sometimes even the happiness is in the journey. All yeah. the, all those small victories that you did along the way. And I know that a lot of people say, "Oh, the real treasure is the friends we made along the way." All that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, forget that, man. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, the, the the happiness is in the journey, and and obviously there's gonna be you know bumps and bruises that we're gonna get, but those are the same bumps and bruises that we learn from. I know yeah. I've had my share of you know heartbreaks and really down uh, like spiraling moments of like anger and and depression, but those are the moments that I can think back and go like, yeah, I, you know, I, I from these events I learned something from them, and I can move forward with because of them. Yeah, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. Absolutely. I don't know. It's a lot to think about. And all from a guy that can channel an ET. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be all bad. It doesn't have to be all about conspiracies and intergalactic wars. So right. It, it, it really like the the whole thing. Is, as I'm kind of reviewing our chat here in my head, I'm thinking about how you know, the possibility of aliens either coming or already being here and the potential infinite number of changes that could come about and the idea that maybe we're being lied to or maybe we're not. It, and then thinking about Bashar and all of this stuff, it, it kind of just has me think what's within my 
my realm of power and control outside of myself, nothing really. Right. I may have some influence over some people within my, you know, my space, but that's really about it. So that seems to be the area that makes the most sense for me to focus on. I don't have any contacts at NASA. I don't know anybody at area 51, you know what I mean? So like, let me focus on what I can focus on and bring it all in. So I'm not kind of just swimming in the muck of all the scariness and all the changes and all of that. And just like try to patiently learn and understand and listen and try to grow and and move along with all of these different things that are coming up and, and apply the the information as best as I can to my life. Make whatever time I have left better than it would be (laughs) if I just spent it like freaking out. Yeah. Might as well spend the last uh, few moments doing whatever I want. Yeah. Choosing your actually happy and grow as a person. Yeah. And, and choosing your highest excitement more often because none of us are guaranteed any time. Yeah. Right. There's no like drop dead date, quite literally a drop dead date, I guess, <laughs> where it's just like, well, this is you're guaranteed this time. And so if, if I were to be on my deathbed tomorrow, you know, I want to be able to look back and say, you know what? I took chances. I did the things I tried. You know, I, I just I didn't just sit on my hands and do nothing. Oh, and I didn't just and I didn't just work all the time either. Yeah. I did yeah. things that I enjoyed doing that brought me joy, that sparked happiness for me. And I connected with the people that I loved in a meaningful way. I want that to be my end story. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, to me, it's just, that's just my opinion. It's a little sad when like workaholics just find that mm. kind of enjoyment. And it's like, what else are you going to do with your life besides work? Yeah. Well, there, there was a guy that I won't say what company I was working for, but um, they <laughs> were, <laughs> I'll say that they, they worked in a legal way, yeah. a legal department or something. Okay. And they were like a workaholic. They were known for their work ethic, so to speak, yeah. right? Which just means you're a workhorse and, you know, you, yeah. you never leave the office hardly ever. <laughs> so anyway, the person finally decides to take a vacation, dies of a heart attack while on vacation. Oh, my goodness. I don't want that to be my story. <laughs> you know, like right now I'm, I'm trying to work extra because there are certain things that just they require my attention and my attention, I mean money. And so <laughs> I'm doing the things, you know, but I also, I keep trying to remember to like sprinkle the good, happy stuff in there. I'm trying to, to surround myself with people and things that bring me joy. Even if it's just like a show that makes me laugh or something, that's better than just like sitting in my feelings. I don't want to just sit and, <laughs> sit and watch TV all the time, but I'm trying to make better choices. Right. Yeah trying to make better choices about what I, I let myself consume. Yeah. And that's something you do every day. Yeah. Every day we try to make, we don't know if that choice is gonna, you know, be the correct one. We it might not even be the correct or bad one. It's just a choice, but at least a choice that we conscientiously made, you know, uh, uh, knowing that what the consequences are going to be. Hopefully those consequences will lead to happiness. Well, imagine how different your life would be if there was there was no right or wrong. There just there were just outcomes, right? Yeah. Things that you prefer or not prefer, and that if you learn from every everything good and bad, like I just I don't know. Maybe does that sound oversimplified? Does that <laughs> no. make sense? 
<laughs> it's like the, the journey can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. So yeah, yeah. Because it, it, if I gave up the the idea of being afraid of trying new things and doing different things and going for the things that I want to go for and not worry so much about the outcome and what everybody else might think. I mean, I'm not talking about doing something that it's like, this could be, you know, dangerous for other people or, you know, whatever. Like if I'm, if I'm being like relatively responsible, we're not talking about scary risk. We're talking about healthy risks and just doing the things that, that bring joy. I think my life would be so much more fulfilling. Yeah. It does sound better. It takes a little a bit better. of a load off of the mind. <laughs> yeah, because I, I could just—I'm just gonna start doing more, just do more of the things. So, all right. Well, I think that's all for today. I mean, we can keep I, talking I'm, about this rabbit hole. We can hole keep about talking about it, and 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 our version of uh, intergalactic wars, and when like, or maybe even not be that stereotypical about aliens that actually come here with goodwill and trying to teach us how to be better people. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. I like the idea <laughs> of uh, more intelligent beings coming to this planet, and maybe giving us, <laughs> giving us everybody some wins from everyone. I think that's yeah. a better one. <laughs> That'd be great. All right. Well, cool. I'm I'm glad we did this today. I thought that was a, an interesting topic for us to yeah. discuss. So I thanks. mean, I didn't think I didn't think from alien conspiracies we go to talk about you know being better people, but who knows? <laughs> so <laughs> adventuring here and there. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out on all different kinds of social media platforms. Do a search for unfiltered insights and you will find us. So have a good one and uh, happy 4th of July. And if you're listening to this after the 4th, then happy whatever next holiday. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys. See ya. Bye.